0: Welcome everyone to Tamrail Adventures, a show that brings you information from all across the Farge to Tamrail. I am your host, Eric, a.k.a. Silior, and today we are going to be talking about Zenithar, the last of the traditional Aedra that we haven't covered yet. But before we get to that, we do have a couple of bits of news. So... Unfortunately, once again, Deathloop has been delayed, so this is going to be released on PC and PlayStation 5 due to the pre-existing deal with PlayStation. Hopefully, it will eventually be released on Xbox, but now it is set to be released on September 14th of this year. And man, it kind of sucks because I have the uh, a plate or an Xbox One. I don't have an Xbox Series X or S. Hopefully, like I said, it will be available on Xbox. But as of right now, it's just gonna be PC and PlayStation Five. I know for a fact my computer is not gonna be good enough to handle this. But um, yeah, this is from Arcane Studios, which is under the Zen or the uh, yeah the Zenimax umbrella. So and this is the one that's kind of like Groundhog Day where you know you're set on an island or a specific set area and you and these this antagonist are constantly trying to kill each other and whenever one of you guys dies you repeat the process. So interesting concept. I'm looking forward to seeing it, but unfortunately now have to wait until september if you have the console to play it or the pc but i guess it is looking to be on xbox game pass in on september of next year so yeah um it will eventually be available on xbox so there you go um if you follow the Critical Role podcast which is basically a bunch of you know voice actors who sit down and play D&D they are doing some ESO live streams I guess uh Laura Bailey and um another guy I'm blanking on his name at the moment are doing live streams they just created new characters in ESO, and they're doing some Gates of Oblivion stuff, so definitely uh, check that out if you're into that. I have not listened to Critical Role myself. I think I've subscribed to it, but I've never really gotten into D&D. It's, you know, I'm not opposed to it. I think it's cool, but I have not sat and watched a playthrough really or listened to Critical Role or another D&D podcast. So. But if you're into that sort of thing, uh, go check it out. As everybody knows, the Blackwood Chapter update takes place on June 8th on uh, consoles and June 1st on PC. And with that comes updated graphics. Uh, basically, enhanced graphics for next-gen consoles with PC I'm sorry, not PC, but PS5 and uh, Xbox Series X and S. So yeah, um, like I said, I I still have an Xbox One, so I'm not going to be a part of that for now, but um, it's going to be 60 FPS, which it was previously capped at 30, but yeah it's going to be 60 FPS and increased draw distance so, yeah, if you have next-gen consoles, enjoy that. I, like I said, myself do not right now. But it's also going to have enhanced textures, updating antel- aliasing, I think is how you pronounce that. Um, got some improved reflections, improved ambient inclusion with screen space, global illumination. Improved shadows, improved depth of field, improved loading times, which is always appreciated, and more to come. So there you go. If you have a PC or PS5, I keep wanting to say PC, a PS5 or an Xbox Series X or S, that happens on June 8th. So not too long, not too terribly long. So. Anyway, um, that is it as far as the news. I got some gameplay to talk about. Um, So first off, I played some more Marwind, So if you listened to my last episode, you know that I was at a point in the Fighter's Guild story where you have to go take out a few bandits in a cave. And I wanted to give myself an advantage because I remember that part being difficult because yeah, I remember being killed time and time again so one thing that's nice about Marwind is that people don't change or people do not change people don't chase you when you go into another room so say you're in a building and there's a door that loads to another cell another zone, whatever they won't open the door and go through that did change in Oblivion where characters will chase you into multiple loading areas but in Marlin that wasn't a thing, so... But still, at the same time, I don't like being dogpiled by four people. You know, two with heavy weapons and at least one that is a mage. So I wanted to give myself an advantage and enchant the weapon that I had. I stole some pretty good soul gems from the vendor in the Balmora Mages Guild. And I was having a hell of a time trying to enchant my weapon. It just kept failing and destroying the weapon. So yeah, you gotta watch about that. If you go to enchant something, make sure you save ahead of time in Morrowind. But I, yeah, cause my, my uh, enchantment skill level was 20, but I had enough gold to where I could train, it was like two or three times, so my skill level was, I think was 23, so three times. And it took a few tries, but I was able to successfully place a fire enchantment on my sword. And it was a silver longsword, so... And I specifically wanted a silver longsword ahead of time because... Like, ghosts and things like that aren't um, affected by iron or steel. It has to be silver or an enchantment or something like that. So I bought a silver longsword and I was able to place fire enchantment on it. And I was able to kill all of those bandits in one go. Now, one thing about Morrowind, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but there are no map markers in Morrowind. Basically, you have to uh, follow directions that people give you. But So, <laughs> not going to lie, I did have to look up where it was on the map with the UESP wiki or some other... You know, you know, wiki page for Elder Scrolls, but I was able to find it. Which honestly, once they pointed it out how to get there, it wasn't that hard. So yeah, I was able to take them all out without dying. And another thing about where they're at is there are some chests that are in there, and there's actually a chest that's in this little pond that's in the cave. So you have to. Hopefully you have a water breathing spell that you can use. I did not, so I went down there and actually used a scroll to transport me to the nearest Tribunal Temple. So (laughs) that was lucky. But yeah, that is Morrowind. I I do enjoy Morrowind. I might stream it sometime soon. Let's see, I played some Stardew Valley. I think I mentioned this on Nintendo. If you're not listening to Nintendo, please listen to Nintendo. We're going through a series on The Legend of Zelda, and we just posted an episode yesterday, not yesterday, but uh, Sunday, um, where we talked about a link to the past. So go check that out. So I played some Stardew Valley. I started a new character recently after the 1.5 uh, patch update. And I got a beach house, which is cool. Um, Unfortunately, like I said, you can't put sprinklers in the sand. So that kind of sucks. That's pretty much the only drawback with the beach house. But I have upgraded that house. So I now have a kitchen, so that's cool. Um, I can now cook some stuff before I go into the mines to give myself an advantage and I don't have to spend money at the bar for food. So um, yeah, that, that's nice. And I think I'm like 50 or 60 levels down in the mine now. So, I'm making some progress, and it's now summer. So, I just started summer of the first year with that character. Um, I talked about Monster Hunter World. Uh, Durka and I were talking about that on Nintendo, where we thought that there was a Monster Hunter game on Game Pass. I know Monster Hunter Rise just came out, and you know, I, I played Monster Hunter a little bit, but it was on the 3DS, so take that for what you will. So, I thought I'd check out Monster Hunter World, and so I made my character, and I've got my weapon, and that's about as far as I've gotten. I haven't actually tracked down any monsters yet, so I think this is one that you kind of have to play with other people, especially with certain multiplayer missions, so there you are. Uh, If you're interested, just let me know. Um, I'll tell you how to get a hold of me at the end of the episode, and let's see i played some fallout 4 i talked about that on the fallout feed i'm about to do quests five and six not five and six uh seven and eight with the Fallout uh, round table character that i've got where you go through kellogg's memories to try and find out what happened to sean and how to get to the institute And then you go to the Glowing Sea. So I'm about to do that. I'll probably do that either today or tomorrow on stream as I'm recording this. This is Tuesday the 13th, so uh, April 13th, I should say. So yeah, I'll probably, yeah, I might do that today after I do my crafting ritz and ESO. And speaking of ESO, I have done a few things. actually played a lot of ESO recently so my character is now level 32 so I've done some of, I did the first mission where the prophet takes you through the um, where he introduces you to the five companions Uh, I'm not going to get into spoilers with who uh, Vanus Aquilarius is but if you've played enough of the main story you find out who that is Or Varus, Aquilarius, not Vanus. Um, Anyway, yeah, so I did that. I've done a couple of the prologue quests. Like, I think I did the prologue quest for Somerset. That was difficult. I've done some dungeons. I've done some battlegrounds. And it, you know, I posted something on social media just a few days ago where I came across Creeper. So, if you're not familiar with Creeper, Creeper is a talking scamp merchant that you find in Morrowind. There's a little bit of a backstory, there's some rumor and innuendo that Creeper is actually, he's actually Barbus. So, if you know Barbus, Barbus is an associate of Clavicus Vile that you interact with quite a bit. There's a whole... like Clavicus Vile's quest in Skyrim is pretty much all about Barbus. So there has been talk that Barbus will actually take the form of Creeper and just spend some time on his own. So I was in... I think it was Mournhold... And I was in the Outlaw Refuge, and I go to where because I, I didn't have any stolen items. I'd already sold my stolen items, but I went up and interacted with Creeper. Now, Creeper actually didn't talk, but he, in the Mournhold Outlaw Refuge, he is a merchant there. So I thought that was a nice little uh, Easter egg. Pretty cool. Um, so in, in Marwind the house that he stays in is in Caldera, and it is full of orcs. Like, he's the only non-orc in the building. The interesting thing about that house is everybody in there, aside from Creeper, you can kill them and not get a bounty. So, if you're if you're tough enough, you can take them on. and uh, if you're smart about it, you take them on one by one, not all at once because there's like five or six orcs. and each one is formidable, but you don't get a bounty, so you can murder them and not have any consequences. But speaking of murder, I've been doing quite a bit of the Dark Brotherhood storyline and Mar or not Morrowind, but ESO also. So I've just done a lot of the radiant go here, kill this person or kill this number of people quests. But then again, then I also got the quest to kill or not. Well, first off, I did the quest where you have to go find Hildegard because she ran off and didn't really. She just thought she was better off without, you know, know, having friends, people who cared about her. And you kind of go and convince her, no, the Dark Brotherhood's family. You're better off having people who will back you up. So, yeah, this this guy basically tricked her into going off on her own. And then you go and uh, convince her to come back. And then you go and kill the guy who gave her bad advice, basically. Then I did the next... Um, quest after that where you go and kill the pirate governor Uh, I can't remember if it's I think it's of Kavach. but she sends you after somebody else first so you gotta go kill that person that person is performing the the Black Sacrament and he wants you to go kill them so you go do that And you do have another member of the Dark Brotherhood who's there in disguise helping you out. So that's been fun. I've been doing a lot of that. Although I gotta say the Dark Brotherhood quests do get pretty grindy. Because basically it's a bunch of radiant quests until you get to a certain skill line. Um, So it's like you get to level 4 in the Dark Brotherhood or level whatever, 6, 10, whatever. I think I'm four right now, so I've, I've done, and it it does take a lot of grinding to get to level up in the Dark Brotherhood skill line, so it is what it is. Um, I've also done some, like I said, I've done some dungeons and battlegrounds, both with and without the hive, but uh, it's been fun. I've really been enjoying uh, being immersed in ESO as much as I have been, again, so if you would like to join me, I am mainly on Xbox, uh, Sulior, so there you go. Anyway, I'm going to take a short break. You will hear from my anchor sponsor, and then we will talk some Zenithar. So stay tuned. all right guys welcome back after that short break so we are going to be talking about zenithar today so as uh always i'd like to thank the uesp for the info here so zenithar is the god of work and commerce and provider of our ease and he's one of the divines the trader god is frequently seemed seen as the same deity as the Bosmeri god Zen. In the empire, however, Zenathar is considered a more cultivated god of merchants and middle nobility, being of the deity of worth, being a deity of worth, labor, commerce and communication. He has strong ties to Cyrodiil and High Rock. The introduction of the worship of Zenithar was largely tolerated in Hammerfell due to its similarities to a Yakudin agricultural deity. His worshippers say that despite his mysterious origins, Zenithar is the god that will always win. His priests teach that the path to peace and prosperity is through earnest work and honest profit, not through war, bloodshed, or theft zenithar is seen as a warrior god but one who is restrained and reserved in times of peace he is thought to be associated with kenrith as a large blue star is sometimes seen in the skies of tamriel it is also said that he is most in touch with the mortal world and that he created the mace of the crusader for pellin white strike to help him defeat umril the Unfeathered. the nerevarine perfectly received his gauntlets Zenithar's warning and Zenithar's wiles. A blacksmith's anvil is a symbol and is representing the labor and production. The temples devoted to him are sometimes called resolutions. Worship of Zenithar is typically more prevalent in some, some geographic areas, such as Lewin, Totembu, I'm not sure where that is, I'm gonna have to look that up, and Cambria. One form of an offering to Zenithar is to burn crops at a shrine of him to offer thanks for prosperity. The Daggerfall Merchants Guild was known to award small golden anvils in Zenithar's name to upstanding members. So let's see. Totembu is an island of, off of Hammer, or sorry, it's an inland fiefdom of Hammerfell south of the Iliac Bay. So Okay, that makes a little bit of sense because it did talk about how he was accepted in Mm -hmm. Hammerfell. So let's see, Cambria is in uh, Central High Rock. Okay, so there you are. So let's see, Zenithar appeared to the Nerevarine during the service to the Imperial cult as a Red Guard named John Hawker. And after he had been freed, he saved the hero some artifacts named after him. The mace from the Crusaders Relics was created by him. So that is not something that I have experienced in Morrowind. I have dealt with the Imperial Cult quite a bit, but I don't remember John Hawker. I'm going to have to... It's interesting that he appeared as a Redguard. So that is something that I'm going to have to seek out now. So we mentioned the Mace of the Crusader. So let's talk about that a little bit. So, it, of course, was created by Zenithar, and those it strikes are burnt by holy flames. And it has the ability to turn the undead, which makes a lot of sense. According to legend, when Pelham White Whitestrake was slain, a messenger carried the mace to the settlement of Leywin. Centuries later, the master craftsman Saint Kowadas. ...built the great chapel of Xenathar to honor the legend. When Caldas died, he was entombed in the chapel, and those who prayed to him began to receive visions of the maze. In the vision, the maze can be seen in the distance, separated by a void. The void symbolizes doubt, and an inscription of the tomb says to walk in faith. I remember this quite a bit. So basically, you're standing over this great divide... And what they want you to do is walk across even though you don't see a path. So, yeah, basically you're supposed to walk across thin air and expect to not fall. So of the original knights attempted hundreds of times to reach the mace but failed each time. The pilgrim later discovered that the boots of the crusader were needed to walk across the void. So you need to get the boots first before you can... Cross that chasm. So, Xenathar cho- has close ties to Kenrith as craftsmen need to take resources from the natural world. With the boots, which were obviously had to have been done by Kenrith, the path of faith was illuminated and the pilgrim recovered the mace so let's talk about the gauntlets so yeah the gauntlets were a pair of gloves that have magical effects such as reducing an adversary's ability and willingness to fight so they must have some sort of fear enchantment on them or a calming enchantment and increasing people's disposition toward the wearer. so it also has a charisma boost cool so that really is about it so if you go to the article on the UESP page you'll see statues of Xenathar in Leowen you'll see the chapel both interior and exterior you'll see a shrine to Xenathar in Cropsford which is in the Nibinay Bay of Cyrodiil so um, also you'll see John Hawker so there's a picture of John Hawker in Morrowind he's just this Big, shirtless, red guard dude. So, <laughs> interesting. Um, you also got some banners. You got the shrine uh, anvil. So, there's some stained glass pictures of him. It's interesting. The picture of the chapel, it looks like there's something floating in the air. I'm not sure what that is. But, yeah, that that's about it as far as Zenithar goes. So, as I mentioned last episode I'm going to be covering Talos next uh, Tiber Septum, and I expect that episode to be a little bit longer because I'm not just going to be talking about him as a divine I'm also going to be talking about what he did in life so look forward to that and if you follow me on social media as I keep saying you should I posted a video where I oh well first off I posted a poll on Twitter talking about how I wanted to cover the Tribunal, but I know everybody's excited about the Daedra coming up. So I was just asking for everybody's opinion on when I should cover the Tribunal, whether before or after the Daedra. And then I also (laughs) posted a couple of other options. And funny enough, people either said, go ahead and cover the Tribunal before the Daedra, but they also didn't seem to know who the tribunal were so which i thought was kind of funny so that actually uh (laughs) well i will talk to you about the tribunal so i'll i'll cover that after the next episode where i talk about talos so um yeah i might post another poll here um i posed a question in the last episode about whether or not you guys would be interested in merch or a patreon so i'll probably post another poll on twitter coming up here about that so if you'd like to follow me on twitter and instagram you can find me on instagram at TamRelicP. p you can find me on twitter at i'm sorry instagram at Tamrail adventures and twitter at Tamrailic p i need to just change that to where they're both the same because <laughs> that can get confusing so um yeah i'll probably change my instagram handle here pretty soon also just to be uniform with twitter but for now the instagram is at Tamrailic p god damn it i did it again um <laughs> see Instagram at Tamrail Adventures and Twitter at Tamrielic P You can also send an email if you would like at Tamrail Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow my streams on Twitch at Sulior. So like I said, I, I took the last week off because my wife was home. So it's it's hard for me to stream when she's at home. But I'm looking forward to getting back to streaming. I'll probably stream some Fallout 4 here in the next day or two, as well as some other stuff. I don't just do Bethesda games. I'll do random shit like Retro Mania Wrestling or Stardew Valley. Who knows? Maybe I'll stream some Sims 4 here. I haven't played that in quite a few months, and I'm looking forward to getting into that. Um, I didn't mention this, but uh, Durka, my co-host with Nintendo is uh really getting into no man's sky so i may stream some of that with him soon who knows the only way to find out is to follow my twitch at sulior so anyway uh next episode will be on tyber septum aka talos and as always stay safe adventurers oh and uh, also before I almost forgot I'd like to thank The Hive as always for sponsoring this podcast. So like I said as always, stay safe adventurers. And uh, here's a little ad from my co-host Jerka on his podcast All About Ant Keeping. Thanks everybody and I will see you next time. Stay safe.
1: Hello listener, my name is Durka and I am the host of the Formicast podcast and I would like to invite you, yes you, all ant keepers and non-ant keepers alike on a new journey. One of adventure, excitement, exploration, and seeking the unknown. A quest is a journey toward a specific mission or goal. The word serves as a plot device in mythology and fiction. A difficult journey towards a goal, often symbolic or allegorical, tales of quests figure prominently in the folklore of every nation and ethnic culture so what does that mean folks that means we're going on an ant quest it is our quest to know about the ants that live near you so my co-host and i are going on an ant quest beginning may 3rd 2021 come with us on this quest to north america south america europe asia africa and australia we hope you are packed and ready to go with us As we begin this amazing journey, Monday, May 3rd, on all the things YouTube and audio waves. First Stop Africa, Formicast out.